Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Sadly, according to The Hill and uh, their reporters, there has been a sharp rise in online child pornography. Uh, Just in, uh, I believe, 2020 to 2021 is the year in which they pulled this from. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found a rise across multiple categories of online child pornography in 2021. The organization said there was a 35% increase from 2020 to 2021 in suspected child exploitation online. The group's cyber tip line received 29.3 million reports as it continues to track the threat to children online. The number of reports went up in categories such as CSAM, Possession Manufacture and Distribution, uh, Child Sex Tourism. I didn't. That's a thing? I didn't. I, oh, but I guess that would be like Epstein's Island, right? That was probably which, child sex tourism. Which, by the way, can you guess the number of people who visited Epstein's Island that have been arrested? <laughs> what? Two? <laughs> I mean visitors, not Epstein and, oh, and, and Mac. Probably zero, considering it is, it is zero. they're all like, still zero. celebrities and government officials. The number is still zero. 35%. Pretty big increase. You know, you you ask the question of is it just a you know a, an increase in the number of uh, people calling these tip lines or otherwise informing people like hey I think something's wrong here. Uh, I it, the article doesn't state that. Yeah, I know it'd probably be, but be even, hard to know. You know, but it is interesting to note that it's 2020 to 2021, the year in which they they studied this because well that's the COVID year. Right. So more people staying at home, you know, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Happening. Interesting to note. But you nailed it on the head earlier. Like all of this type of thing is wrong. Uh, Yeah. You can even go into the, you know, most heinous maximum security prison that you can find and inside of these facilities, the the child rapers uh, <laughs> got a fear for their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, so I'm told their lives uh, end in there as well, because even those types of criminals recognize yeah. that this is wrong in every way, shape, yeah, or and- form. And kids are so innocent, you know, so it's nobody likes somebody's that is messing with like kids or animals. Typically, there are a number. And of course, I don't know what the number is, but there are a number of instances where somebody was a serial child abuser, sexually or otherwise. They, you know, would get busted. They would move to another state, become a foster parent in that state and then repeat the process because, well, that's their target audience is children. And so that's how they would go about doing this. So. Uh, but you had uh, something that you just found that we yeah. wanted to touch on because we're talking about the children lose first. We'll talk about how the children win in a bit. We have something on, on how the children win, but go ahead. Yeah, so this is from March 11th of this year. Victims of child sex trafficking went to a foster facility where they allegedly were trafficked again. Huh. So is it like it's not a big surprise to me that this is happening because, I don't know, it seems like... It's just kind of this cycle of creating victims. It seems like once people are put in that position, they just, for some reason, it just, they 
it's hard to get out of that position. And the state for sure doesn't do anything to help them. So the article goes on to say, at least one staff member at a Texas foster care facility designed to help young girls who are victims of sex trafficking is accused of trafficking them all over again, according to state official in court documents. And um, I'm also not surprised that this is in Texas. So the article goes on to say nine current and former employees uh, at the refugee ranch, a state contracted rehabilitation facility in Bastrop County are accused of criminal activity amid allegations of neglect, physical and sexual abuse and exploitation of seven girls at the facility about 30 miles southeast of Austin. The girls were left at the facility for more than a month after the abuse was reported. Officials said Thursday during an emergency court hearing. Wow. So they knew the abuse was happening and they left them there. It's just really, I mean, really terrible. And it's really terrible that most, and you know, there are instances of people lying for whatever reason, but it's, it's kind of gross that the default is just to not believe young girls when they say this is happening to them. Like, why is the default to not believe people? I think the default should be to believe somebody until you can find, yeah, yeah, investigate and fight, or at least remove them from the facility while you're doing an investigation, you know? So, and then, uh, yeah, but I mean, this just goes to prove that the system isn't there to actually help anybody. It's there. Yeah, it's not. there to be reactive. It's like people think, uh, you know, the same thing that people say about cops, right? Oh, cops are there to pr- no cops aren't there to protect you. They're never proactive. The state, when it comes to children, is never proactive unless, of course, somebody decides to call like child protection services on their neighbor to get back at them or yeah. something like that. You know, this kind of subject has been going on for decades. I mean, long before you and I were ever thought of. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad, Nikki, that you're here because this is really, really important. Not only just for uh, for women to hear this, but for everyone to hear this because this is a money-making thing. Whenever they pull a child out of a family, that's when the abuse starts. Yep. They destroy the, 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 the mother and the father. They turn the mother and the father against one another. The Department of Child Welfare, mm-hmm. the family court system. And then before you know it, dad's on his way to prison for something he didn't do, which is, you know, it, it's like a normal thing. And the people that do this are our own public officials, and they hide behind unions like school unions and police unions and and these other unions that back them up yeah you you have a good point you have a good point because the like first of all uh, the system will attract these types of of uh, i can't say the word i'm thinking of uh, these types of people Uh, and then also the system does a very good job of sort of shielding these people from any sort of prosecution State of New Hampshire, okay, had well over 300 people continuously keep filing lawsuits against the state. These were people that were living at the youth detention center. Hmm. And we're talking going back to 1961, this before I was born, yep. where they were molesting kids, they were breaking bones, they were betting on kids. Now, finally, the state is coming forward and they're willing to negotiate. 
you know, <laughs> give money to, uh, uh, you know, these people that have been harmed, but only, you know, if they go through the gauntlet in terms of they'll go through their case and, oh, yeah, and they, see they, if they're worthy of getting any. Yeah, they have to do the monkey dance in order to get any right. money and then re-expose themselves, you know, to, yeah. you know, any sort of media, you know, that kind of a thing and, and revisit the trauma of the past just to get compensated for something that happened under the watch of this type of an organization. If you want to really see what can happen to a man, Nikki, you go ahead and talk with Ian and ask him about my story. It's already made it in the paper. I don't know why it's not being talked about, but if you don't think that this can't happen to you, you're sadly mistaken. In Mariupol, if they don't surrender in two hours, I don't know what they're going to do, but I know that some of the Soviet leadership today and even in the past love to take pleasure in finding interesting ways to kill people. Joseph Stalin, for example, uh, one of the people who was in his, his innermost circle, whose mother was, she told me that what he liked to do sometimes is feed people the food that they liked the best until they died of it. Because he, she said he cannot survive on one food, regardless your favorite food. He'd ask, what's your favorite food? Death by beer. And then he, sorry, go ahead. Death by sorry. beer. Okay, like, well, then, then you would get beer for the rest of your life until you died of it. That's what he was, That's one of the I, things he loved to do. I could think of worse things. Hey, um, so thing, so I, I, I'm just curious, Robert, because this sounds like something out of like a Bruckheimer film. Right, there's a countdown and there's a big ticking clock. Right, there's a word for that in the film industry. I don't remember what it is, but you know, it's a it's a device, is what it what it is. Um, so, what is this countdown to two hours you're talking about? Yeah, Mariupol has to either surrender in in two hours or else. I don't know what what happens. Right, when when was this uh, ultimatum issued? It was issued several hours ago. I can show you reels of presidential election candidates who made a bazillion campaign promises where none of them were kept. And in fact, they did the opposite of what they promised to do during their campaign because you can't hold these people accountable for anything. And it's interesting because earlier in the show, you mentioned the short attention span that people have, especially in this like new age of like the media and like, Ooh, look, a squirrel. And, um, it's interesting because if you go back in footage of politicians just completely contradicting themselves, people will totally rationalize it. And they're like, oh, that didn't happen. Or, oh, well, he didn't mean that. Like, they, they totally try their best to rationalize it because it's hard for them to believe that their favorite politician would lie to them. Yeah, people uh, suspend their belief when it comes to politicians as if they're some sort of a deity. You know, they get treated like they're they're Hollywood or they're rock stars, and they're not. They're psychopaths, sociopaths. I don't know. You you know, yeah. it, regardless of their medical designation, it's because they are working within a system whose only tool is coercion. The only tool that the system has is force. It says you do this or else. I think it's important to also point out that normal good people don't want to rule over others. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. 
For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. 24 years ago, when I was um, going to the Communist Party meetings, I used to have Communist men friends. Of course, they were men. But they were so frustrated with lobbying and getting um, candidates elected um, that he was ready to go join the war in South America, where they they actually had capitalist communist war down there. I, I I don't know exactly what country, maybe Venezuela. I don't know. I mean, there's there's conflicts over there. But what we were doing is our party was trying to elect the Democrats into power. That was our whole thing, and I did that for 22 years, but it's awful, very frustrating. So, well, I, Of course sure. it is. Of course it is. When, when you're trying to force your preferences on other people, uh, you know, getting the correct people in power to do so is very, very frustrating, regardless of your political affiliation. I do have a question, Sarah, about communist parties. Uh, when, right. when you go to a, a party that's filled with communists, does everybody have to drink the same beverage? Well, you know, it just depends on which communist party they are. It's amazing that all the communist parties are different, and then whatever food or whatever they choose to bring or um, whatever they have, it, and they're not really concerned about the food. Not everybody needs or wants a leader. Huh. At least a political leader, oh, anyway. No way. Uh I know, right? Like, oh, wait, freedom of Self, choice in self responsibility, freedom of choice in yeah. in leadership. Wow. Now, uh, as a as a guy who's the captain of himself, and that's what I hope listeners aspire to be as captains of themselves, and you know, be leaders Ahoy. of yourselves. You know, that type of a thing. That's what it's about. But like, as a guy who is captain of himself, sometimes I do need leadership, and. If uh, I want to, I can go find an authority. And no, I don't mean the state. I mean, I can go find like an expert. Or like a mentor. Or a mentor, right? If I need to learn a new skill and I don't have that skill, you know, I can go online, of course, or I can go find somebody who has that skill and make some sort of arrangement. Maybe I work or do some labor or trade a skill, you know, whatever it is, I can go find somebody that has expertise, is an authority in that field, quote unquote, and then go and learn that thing and or, you know, have them sort of lead me. Right. So to, until I get to a point where I'm comfortable with that and then I can go and then I don't need a leader anymore. Right. And this is what people forget. You don't need all these supposed leaders. What are they leading you towards anyway? Where is everybody going that we need all these freaking leaders for? Right. Uh, do you not know how to lead yourself? What is wrong with you? Anyway, it's my diatribe on leaders. In a huge win for parents in D.C. and beyond. A federal court for the District of Columbia just granted a preliminary injunction in a case funded by ICANN and another case that challenged D.C.'s law allowing doctors to vaccinate children 11 years of age and older without parental knowledge or consent. It's nuts. First of all, doing anything to a child 11 years of age or older or whatever age, I don't care how young they are, 
uh, without parental knowledge or consent. There shouldn't have to be a freaking law written about it. There shouldn't have to be a case. There shouldn't have to be lawyers involved. There shouldn't have to be people fighting for this kind of thing. It should just be known as wrong, and everybody should go, okay. It's my opinion. The court explained that children will be unable to decide to get vaccinations without their parents' consent. Yay. Duh. Yay. I mean, that's a big decision. It's not like, oh, they're deciding whether they can, you know, color with markers or crayons. <laughs> like, it's not, like, this is a, it's not like they're deciding what underwear they're going to wear or what they're going to eat for lunch. I know a lot of people that have vaccine injured children and it is not a joke if i went to you know some playground where your children are and i had a needle full of a vaccine and i decided "Eh, you know what i'm just gonna grab this 11 year old kid and i'm gonna stick this needle in his arm and give him the vaccine what would happen to me well you don't have the magical paperwork calling you a doctor even if i did yeah, that was, I mean. Still assault. Yeah. And probably a few other things that I can't think of at this moment. It's probably, you know, several things. But the the number one thing is a violation of consent. Seriously, people, like consent is sort of the crux of civilized society. And if you don't think that it is, well, then I guess society isn't civilized. Because consent is where it all comes down to, right? Uh, in, before governments, before religions, right? All that kind of thing. Uh, you know, consent was how you knew the difference between right and wrong. If somebody said, hey, I want to do this, and the other person said, okay, then you had their consent. The fact that there is a law that violates consent should be disturbing to every listener uh, you should go and immediately tell everybody you know that there are laws violating consent uh, as soon like, as possible. I feel like most laws violate consent. Oh, oh, oh you've made the jump, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they all do. And in fact, I think yeah. the evidence supports that. Yeah, like maybe we could come up with a few examples of the, like things like, hey, don't murder other people. Like, well, there's things, you that, know, there's like, but those are more like natural laws, like things that like are implied, like, hey, you know, don't do bad things to other people. Right. Don't violate consent. You know, there are things that you mentioned natural law. There are, I'm going to call them uh, cultural agreements, like even before governments and religions, uh, cultures across the planet generally agree that like killing another guy in cold blood is bad. You know, uh, hurting children, bad, right? You know, simple things. Dr. Seuss is really good at pointing these particular items out. Uh, And so if you've forgotten any of these things, feel free to go check out the good doctor's books. But I, and, and I've had this conversation recently, the entire system violates consent. Yeah. We're talking about this article from I Can Decide. It goes on to say the court explained that children will be unable to decide to get vaccinations without their parents' consent. This is a huge win for the rights of parents to raise their children without the government and pharma taking over their parental rights, which shouldn't happen in the first place. But anyway, some highlights from the court's decision are as follows. 
two crucial exchanges of information at the heart of the NCVIA. The first is the exchange of information from parent to doctor. Healthcare providers recommend against vaccinations if individuals reacted poorly to past immunizations. A VIZ, or Vaccine Information Statement, describes the risks of certain vaccines and explains when they are contraindicated. By removing the parent from the vaccine decision, the MCA, or the D.C. law allowing children to be vaccinated without parents knowing, undercuts a key purpose of the VIZ and a safety check before the vaccination. So they cut out the middleman completely and just went straight to the violation. Ridiculous. I also want to note that the NCVIA is the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Thank you. Also, the MCA, which is the law apparently that uh, allows consent to be violated, encourages children to deceive their parents. I tried to look into this a little bit more and I didn't really, I wasn't able to find much about it on the break, but I, I want to know how long has this been a law? Like, is this something new? Is Has it just been brought up as an issue because of, like, the COVID stuff? Maybe that struck people to be more against it or something? I don't know. It's Yeah, I, I don't know. And the fact that there is a law like this anywhere is disturbing. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know. I had no clue this was a thing until I found this article. I'm glad you did. It's important for us to cover. Uh, The last paragraph here from the article says, It is through your support that ICANN is able to fund these critical lawsuits, defending parents' rights, and upholding constitutional and statutory rights. Thank you for that ongoing support, and we assure you that this is not the last case or the last victory that we will bring to you and everyone hoping to live in a country that believes parents, not the government, not the pharma companies, should raise their children. Right on. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, my flabber is officially gasted. I'm, uh, I wouldn't say speechless, but another example. I mean, the organization commonly referred to as government is archaic. New Hampshire legislature as a shining star. For medical freedom, since we're on the topic Yay, of, more good news. of of that. Uh, now, uh, full disclosure, this show that you're listening to is based in New Hampshire. I did not, we did not bring this in specifically because it's New Hampshire. We tend to actually not talk about New Hampshire-related things unless it applies in, in a greater context, and I believe this fits that bill. Uh, So two years into the travesty of COVID fascism, vaccine injury, and denial of appropriate treatment, what have the GOP-controlled legislative bodies done to protect our freedoms? Sadly, in most states, they have done very little. But just as the Florida governor stands out as the only state executive willing to fully combat medical tyranny, the New Hampshire legislature appears to be the only body willing to fight for medical freedom without the support of of the governor live free or die appears to be more than just an empty slogan in the granite state at least according mm, to the author. it's almost like the migration of freedom loving freedom loving people to new hampshire is working hmm that remains to be seen but you know uh, signs certainly point in that direction seems like it's working to me with people still dying of covid without effective treatment The New Hampshire House became the first legislative body to pass a bill 
essentially allowing citizens to access ivermectin over-the-counter at a pharmacy. Well, I can't remember the last time there was any legislation passed that sort of granted more freedom of any sort, much less medical freedom, yeah. you know, specifically. So uh, I welcome anything that gives more freedom to individuals, more freedom of choice, more freedom to live without being coerced into somebody else's opinion. Uh, So we started this with uh, HB 1268, a ban on localities implementing mask mandates. So like that. Uh, The next one is 1379. They've uh, repealed the health commissioner's authority to add a vaccine to the school schedule of required shots. So apparently they have to jump through more hoops to get something added rather than just go to the health commissioner and the health commissioner go, yep, you can do that. Uh, Requiring hospitals to allow patients to have visitors in hospitals. One of the most heartbreaking things about lockdowns was specifically people in nursing homes and hospitals or people who had to go to the hospital for some other emergency, non-COVID related, who could have no family uh, with them at all, period. Like, basically, their family was taken into these hospitals and imprisoned in these hospitals, and you couldn't visit them. You couldn't. You could probably call them on the phone if they had a phone in their room or something like that. There shouldn't need to be a law to allow the creation of new healthcare facilities to only take that only take direct payment and bypass all the all the crap, all the the, the bad guys, if you will. And other onerous federal regulations. There shouldn't. You should just be able to do so. It should be that with any business. But I'll take it because prior to this, it didn't exist. I like how they refer to it as a medical cartel. Yeah, yeah. Little Pretty bit accurate. Of, little little bit of truth there in this legislation. Uh, prohibiting judges from using a parent's refusal to vaccinate their child as a basis for abridging parental rights. We covered a couple of those stories here on Free Talk yeah. Live where, you know, somebody refused to uh, get their child vaccinated. And so, you know, CPS was called and that type of thing, or somehow the state was otherwise involved uh, in, in violating the, the rights of the parents regarding their children. And so, again, a, a thing that shouldn't have to be written down to be understood, a thing that shouldn't need to be a law to, you know, these are all common sense things, but... Again, I'll take it because these things did happen and they should be prevented from happening ever again. If this helps that, okay. What I find interesting is you've got people of the government making laws, prohibiting them from making more law. (laughs) It's kind of, it's interesting. I don't want to say fight fire with fire because that's not really what it is, but it's almost as if using the animal to attack itself, I, I don't know if that's the right metaphor. Yeah, so so why even have to make laws anyway and just follow laws that are on the books and not have government overreach in the first place? That's where we come across with voting has consequences. Well, yeah. Well, the most difficult you know, but thing. But, of course, also not voting is a statement because you don't want to pick from a giant douche and a for sandwich so <laughs> yeah i mean I, I get it i get it i'm not i'm choosing not to vote for for evil at all i'm i'm with you on that when it comes to like presidential elections and that type of thing yeah there is something to be said about voting like locally within your community 
specifically if you have a small community. If you live in a big city, well, yes. it's it's almost impossible for your vote to like do anything or mean anything. But uh, in a smaller community, you can at least be the guy who stands up and is vocal at opposing these things, even though uh, it goes against it. And you bring up an interesting point because it is almost impossible to hold, and I don't know anybody who has, to hold these politicians accountable. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.